Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollock. And I'm Quinn Faison. And we're parent coaches at Plan P, where we believe in the power of practice. As parents, we have been there through the teen years, and sometimes being there was a rough road. We learned the P was for many things, and always for practice, patience, and pause. From burping a baby to parenting emerging adult children, there is no right or wrong way. We're humans. We learn by doing. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of our amazing children and our greatest teachers, Allie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're gonna give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We're excited to have you join us on this parenting path that passes through the adolescent years where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in practicing. So let's get moving. Welcome to the Plan P podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today and that some of you have found value in our conversations. And if you're one of those people, rate us so that other people like you can find us. So how's your week been going? Uh, come see, come saw, as they used to say. I think they still say that in other places where they speak <laughs> other languages. Yeah. Okay. So as I used to say, we were going to talk about really listening, quality listening. To languages you understand. To languages you hopefully understand. Well, that's the... So now I'm going to jump right into it, right? <laughs> Teens speak a different language in many ways. And many. <laughs> yes. Not only do they have different words that are incomprehensible. Um, yeah. You know. Remember when sick was sick and then was sick was good? And I think sick is sick again. Yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> nor at this point in my life do I care to. Yep. <clears throat> but... I was reading a book called Listening Well by William Miller, who talks about listening to understand. It's a great book. I totally recommend it. It's short and readable and has little exercises so you can test out what he's talking about. And the main point of what we're going to talk about today, although he, he goes into other detail, is forwarding the conversation by doing empathetic mirroring instead of, so reflecting instead of uh, parroting back what somebody says to you. Right. Actually listening so that you can reflect back, not. So you're reflecting back your understanding, which is not necessarily going to be accurate. Right. And I think it's his, in his book, but goodness knows <laughs> it may be in another book that he says something about um, we listen to reply. Right. We listen with the intent to reply, not the intent to respond ably in some ways. Right. And what yeah, I think where, this book is about is responding ably. Yeah. I think any book on communication will tell you. <laughs> but yes, but this one's nice and small and readable. <laughs> yes. Some of us really appreciate that. Yeah, but they they mostly say, yeah, we're preparing our rebut. Right. And in some ways we go in with an agenda. Yes. Or we go with, in with the agenda that you're going to tell us the agenda. Right. <laughs> Which is how you and I ended up at a restaurant once. <laughs> that neither of us wanted to be at. <laughs> yes. Because we were both trying, trying to, to... Make the other one happy. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and motivational interviewing also is, yes, you know, in this vein of trying to understand the other person rather than forward our own agenda. Yep. Listening well is a learned skill. It is. And a learnable skill. Absolutely. And the interesting thing, this just popped into my head that someone I know who is in the listening profession, profession not a coach, but a therapist. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at listening in that context <laughs> because that is their job and they are good at their job. They have been successful at their occupation for many years. They have many people who trust them. And they were saying to me, I'm not so good at it with my own kids. Yeah. I, I have more skin in the game, as it were. Yeah, like specific. literal. Yeah. It's much harder to listen to our kids without trying to help them or show them, teach them, guide them, guide them. I mean, there are a lot of words for what we want to do that feel supportive and loving. And yet they are actually not listening. Right. And as our children become adults, we want to listen differently, guide less, listen more. And it makes sense that we've been doing it for a long time. We're modeling for them. And now what we're modeling is adulting and trusting them differently than when they were four. Right. You can model things when they're four, but you're guiding them because they don't know yet. You're te- you are in fact teaching them. Yeah. And Parents as- are kids' greatest teachers. Yes. And as uh, teenagers, they're starting to look outside the family, look outside of your sphere of influence and, and they need that experience. This is another, the other thing about this skill it's really good with other people too. Your friends and family <laughs> may, like, relationships will change. I was going to say, it's sort of amazing. As with all of our uh, information about communication, it works with everyone. Right. Because they are emerging adults, which I've been saying for years. And I recently have been reading all this stuff that, like, somebody else coined that phrase. Mm. I'm bummed, but I'm going to get over it. But yes, they are emerging adults. So, in that way that how we can guide them is by treating them like adults, being inquisitive, mm-hmm. not an inquiry. Yeah. So that this skill will work really well with open-ended questions, although it's different from that. Um, but it is a way of furthering the conversation, sort of deepening the conversation rather than um, cutting it off without meaning to. Well, and also without needing to be seen or heard yourself. Mm. I think that's one of the things, there are two things that I think is, are brilliant about it. Okay, there are lots, but. <laughs> two two things we'll talk about now. Two things that I will talk about now. One is that it, it requires, wait for it, listening, <laughs> <laughs> which means that there's pauses built in. Mm. Because if you're responding ably, some of us hmm, process and listen and then pause and then ask. You do that all the time and I've learned to. Right. <laughs> You think that's accurate? Yeah. One is it gives the pause. And the other thing is it really gives them the opportunity to understand themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing how much saying something out loud changes, can sometimes change the way you feel about it or see it. or And so it's an opportunity for them to really get into the the detail of what they're saying. Because they may not have done that really if it's just rolling around in their own head. Right. And because their teenage brain isn't 
you know, it's a, it's a adolescent brain. It doesn't pause as often and it goes straight for those anger. It goes for the extremes. Yeah. And so that makes me think of what Lisa Damore said in uh, Emotions of Teenagers. And so this will be in the show notes also. She talks about um, it being helpful to give them more language, more a way to be more precise about their feelings. So helping them get a a larger vocabulary around what they're feeling, not just, you know, anxious, but excited, fearful. Well, and also understanding, yes, anxious is a feeling. Tell me more about that feeling. And that gives them that this is an investment in helping them build healthier emotional selves. Right. I mean, I think that's Lisa Demore's part of her Yeah, point. part of her point is that they have found that the more language, the more that you can um, get to different shades of feelings, the more emotionally stable you become because you can see that this feeling of sadness will end because it's sadness, not depression, or, you know, it just, it, there's a middle ground. Yeah. Between- well, it, it, it allows you to really differentiate what you're feeling right. rather than getting stuck in the, Oh, I'm just anxious. Right. It, Oh no, it's just this test. Well, the other thing about, Oh, I'm just anxious. It's usually outward pointing, mm. you know, somebody did something to me. Right. And now I am anxious or something is going to happen in the future. No. So it's all past and and future and not, I think that yeah, listening yeah. well allows you to be present in the present and to help our kids be there as well. Understand yeah. as they're racing off, whew, keeping track of them sometimes. <laughs> Talking to someone the other day, she's like, if that child will sit still for like 20 seconds, they're hopping in and all and bouncing all around and she's sure it's drugs. And I'm like, you could be, could also just be, you know, the beauty of 16. Right. They're having their feelings. The other thing that occurs to me in, in that is another parent I was talking to was talking about, you know, these expectations, the kids are going to go off to college, even though everything says gap years are good. There's a lot of kids are feeling pressure. Mm -hmm. Kids are feeling pressure. Those pressures are to make enough money and to go to college and to get through college in four years. And there, there's a lot of different data coming in. A lot of people will talk about how high school shouldn't start until 10 a.m. And <laughs> the kids will tell you that. They'll be happy to tell you that. And everything out there is trying to tell parents it's good to let them take a gap year, but the parents are freaking out. Numbers of them. Well, what will they do in that gap year? Well, blah, 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 blah. it's like, well, have a conversation with the kid. They want to take, you know, how do you lay all these opportunities, all these options, and treat them as an adult who can work with you, right, to make decisions together if you are still supporting them, right? So, loads of opportunities to listen. Yes, when we're not listening to the college counselor, the principal, or even our own fear of. Right. You know, what's coming next or will they be able to, you know, what have you. Yep. Um, and so I, we wanted to talk about listening well's method for listening well. Right. So listening well is we've talked about. And yeah, I think we've touched on why this matters in mm-hmm. building a relationship. I like to make sure we tick our boxes. Right. <laughs> so I was moving us into the how. Yeah. Cool. 
the simplest way to describe this is to reflect what you understand a person has said, not to parrot back what they, what you, the exact you know, words. the words that you have heard and not necessarily to agree with them or buy into what they are saying, but to just sort of repeat what you understand they mean. And sometimes you can ask questions. Absolutely. I hear you saying this, you are feeling this. Is that the feeling? Yeah. Because helping them grow that vocabulary sometimes, if they're anxious, 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 sometimes when you pause, you can get them to be more articulate. And sometimes they just don't have the language and they're so in that anxious moment that just giving them a few, yeah. you know, does this sound about right? Or you could uh, you could say something like, oh, I hear that you're anxious. Could there also be some excitement? Hmm. Or sorrow. I mean, it could be or sorrow or whatever the appropriate word is, but allowing, you know, acknowledging the word that they're using. Right. Absolutely. And then also offering another word, but offering that one as a question. Mm -hmm. Like, could this also be happening so that they have the opportunity to say no? Right. No, you're wrong. It's not that at all, mom. (laughs) Right. And then you can say, okay, thank you. Yeah. So if it's not that, how would you describe it? Right. Exactly. Give, and it does, it moves. I think you said this earlier, it moves the conversation forward. And it, here's the other thing. I'm not sure I said this, so I'm going to say it again, or it's a skill. This is a learned skill. This will not, you will not get this right, wrong, or otherwise. It's about practicing. It's like anything, you know, we're about practicing. (laughs) (laughs) Should it come as a surprise? But these really are very invaluable tools of communication. Yeah. And you will, if you keep practicing, and one of the things we sometimes suggest to people is practice with other grownups. Just test it out for fun. Don't tell them you're doing it or do, depending upon whether it's work or home (laughs) or friend (laughs) or foe. Um, Well, that is going to be the practice at the end, right? To practice with other adults. Oh, yes, it is. Spoiler alert. So we're going to, in Miller's book, he has, we're going to do a little um, role play. Role playing reading. It's from the book. And this, the title of this one is called Listening in Tight Places, which maybe well, doesn't matter. Well, it's about listening in conflict. Right. We're, we're hearing someone else because that's the other thing is this is not, listening well doesn't mean you're going to get your point across. It right. means you're going to hear. Right. So again, as we were talking about in the beginning, it's not about coming up with your rebuttal. Right. It's about really hearing what the other person is saying. Right. Which I think is profound, honestly, because I think so many people just want to get, want to make sure that you hear it, especially when we're talking about adolescents yeah. and young adults, which are adolescents. Um, yeah. Well, we're frustrated that they're not hearing us right. more than we are. And, and perhaps working on hearing them. Yeah. Perhaps they feel the same frustration. Perhaps. So. Hello? Who do you think you are telling my wife that I should take care, that I should take care of the kids? Our home life is none of your damn business. It what sounds, were you thinking? It sounds like you're really upset with me. You bet I am. What do you mean telling her that I should babysit while she goes out? It seems like a real intrusion into your personal affairs. Well, isn't it? Well, tell me what makes you so angry. 
Okay, we both get home from work, and she says she wants to go out on Thursday night, and that you told her that I should stay with the kids. I can see how that would be pushy of me. (laughs) You're damn right. What were you thinking telling her that? Honestly, I need to get the six of us together, and Thursday night is okay with the other five, so I was checking whether Carol could come too. Uh, And exactly what does that have to do with me? Well, she said she had to be with the children, and I wondered whether it might be possible for you to mind them for a while. I guess that's where you think I overstepped. (laughs) Yeah, because you did. So it sounded to you like I was trying to run your life or boss you around. I'm sorry if that offended you. It certainly wasn't my intention. Yeah, how we arrange our childcare is between the two of us, period. I accept that, and I apologize. Apology accepted. So that's an example of how just listening, even when somebody is upset with you, I mean, just sort of reflecting what you hear diffuses the situation rather than amping it up. Right. Right. Because I was very upset. And rightly so. (laughs) And it doesn't matter because, I mean, it's interesting because as of all that, it's like, you know, part of it is interpretation. I tell you that so-and-so told me Yeah, it's telephone. Yeah. And yeah, how we raise our kids. I mean, this is, you know, there isn't a right or a wrong way to parent. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we have another little one that is written more from a child parent point of view. I hate my teacher. You're angry at your teacher. Yeah. He's so unfair. He's treating people differently. No. He said we'd be able to take time in class to do an assignment. And then there wasn't any. Mm. It sounds to me like you're frustrated by losing that time. Well, it's not about the time. I wanted to be able to ask questions because it's complicated. And so I wanted to do the work there. Yeah. And that you get so much more information than my self-righteous child. Right. People make all sorts of assumptions and, and don't see, oh, you miss all of that because, well, you know, that's how teachers are and you have to buckle up and we don't, we never get the information. Yeah. Now, one of the things I like about this technique is that it, even if you guess wrong, even if you don't understand what they're trying to say, the conversation still moves forward. Right. You're um, still engaged. You're in still it. engaged. You're still engaging them because you're giving them the space to disagree with you. Right. And then with this one, which we didn't come to a resolution with, uh-huh. there is room for exploring what was not understood. Right. You know, and there's so many other options there now. Now you, as a parent, you have information. Well, and you're looking at the real problem, not the, not the teacher is a jerk, but the, this part of the curriculum is complicated and I'm struggling with it. Right. And, and you can, acknowledge the feeling of struggle. Right. And what is that feeling personally? I mean, you know, if somebody had ever done that with me, that would have been huge. Yeah. I feel sad. I feel scared. I feel stupid. It comes right to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you exactly what I would have felt was robbed from me. Right. My ability to succeed. Yeah. No. and, And I was easily frustrated as a child whenever I felt stupid. It, it came out as anger. Right. And that's that flight, fight, freeze, or fawn. Mm. I've thrown fawn in there for fun because that's what I used. Yeah. 
<laughs> I did not run. I did not fight. I didn't freeze. Right. You tried right. to make everybody love you. Kiss the teacher's ass. Right. <laughs> Try and make myself into somebody you liked, at least, even if you thought I was stupid. <laughs> Survival skills we all build, but that in that scenario that we just did, there's like, well, you know, what kind of help would help you since you didn't get it then? Right. Not now you have to call the teacher and ask them for help. I mean, like if you kept going with it, mm -hmm. there are, but slowly, if you say in between to yourself as a parent, you take that pause to remember, this is not your problem. You're not supposed to be solving it for them. Right. You're there to help them. If they solve were it themselves. Right. Because the kind of boss who would tell everyone what to do, there's like endless studies showing that <laughs> that is not how you motivate people. Well, it's not how you motivate people, but it's also at this critical growth time. Yeah. Um, not helpful. It's more helpful for them to learn how to figure these things out. Yes. So learn to learn that they can. I mean, more important than that, even learn that they can come up with solutions. Right. Because that's where you're myelinating. Then right. you're myelinating those, their own problem solving. You're not solving problems for them. Right. <laughs> right. That was your job. And now they're Now your on. job is, is helping them to see that they have those skills themselves. Right. And the more language you can, in, the more you can engage with them, mm -hmm. the more you can have conversations, the more you can help them understand themselves. And I would say, getting back to what you were saying earlier, that that helps all of us. Yeah. You can practice this on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> if you are aware of yourself reacting to, oh, a boss, a spouse. Right. You know, think about how you would like them to respond, not how they respond. And try to have a conversation that you're forwarding by understanding their point of view. Right. Right. Yeah. You could play this. Try to use the skill with any kind of conflict. Yeah. The other thing that I have found, and this is personal, is that when I take that pause, I remember to be who I want to be, mm. not to tell you who I want you to be. Right. But to sort of in that present way, sometimes it's appropriate to say I'm having a feeling and sometimes it isn't. Right. But just recognizing for myself that I'm having a feeling mm -hmm. and saying to someone else, you know, I realized the reason you made this decision, which scared me, right, made me sad. And, and I think the way I behaved yesterday reflected that, not my respect and admiration for you, which I actually have a lot of. Mm. Yeah, being able to say that to somebody is certainly going to help the relationship. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think we, this is a relationship that has been built over a number of years. And I think that a lot of my owning feelings and giving them the pause and yeah I mean, identify that, them that maybe should be next week's podcast to talking about accountability like taking responsibility mm. for yeah our own feelings okay let's not get too into it because i'm like <laughs> oh yeah let's do that one because responsibility and accountability are something that have been happening your, a, well yeah. there's been lots of conversations around around about, that yeah yeah i take responsibility i admitted i was an asshole <laughs> okay that's good that's good now how do you take accountability 
And one of the things about listening well. <laughs> yes, bring it back. Is, <laughs> is that you can separate out what somebody else thinks from your response, right? right? Instead of just fighting against that and trying to bring them around to your point. It's about really understanding where they are. And sometimes, for me anyway, that lets me see myself differently too. Yeah. And also there's room to not be defensive. Right. Because it's not about me. Yeah. The more space, I, I always think about it in terms of space. And that's both time and physical space and a little bit of quiet between words. Mm -hmm. The more space you can give things, the more that you can understand where those boundaries really are. Right. No, it's, it's all about really giving the pause for understanding another human and being aware of yourself too. So how we are separate and also interconnected. Yes. Yeah. No, because we're social animals. Right. As much as I would rude. <laughs> As much as you would like not as to much be. as I think I could be fine on a desert island all alone, I actually know that that's not true. That works well for me. <laughs> so this week's practice is to find someone to practice with who has either a different point of view on something or just a different way of looking at something and trying to have a conversation where you really hear that difference. And these can be little things, big things. It doesn't really matter. I'm sure that Sarah and I could find any number of differences in the way that we look at things. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to search out that person. Right. I was going to say, if you are um, listening well, opportunities will present themselves. I promise you. <laughs> and just bring the awareness with you yeah. that you're listening and, and are you listening? Yeah. Or you could... You could say, I want to practice listening well and set it up for yourself, depending right. on what's more comfortable. Yes. With a spouse or a friend, uh -huh. you can sort of out yourself as I'm practicing this new skill. Right. Will and you I'm, participate? Yes. <laughs> Will you tell me all about whatever it is? Yeah. But I do find that sometimes when I tell people, when I suggest to people, mm -hmm. I don't tell people to do anything. But when I suggest that they just take a deep breath in between, and sometimes they're like, you know, the kid's gone. <laughs> I took a deep breath. I'm like, I mean, a slightly quicker, but still slow. And the other thing is that people have shared with me that that works when they keep eye contact. Mm. Like that there are other ways of telling someone you're present in the present. Although another really good place to talk to kids anyway is the car because they oh, the don't car. have eye contact. <laughs> yes. And so, so particularly with teens, sometimes it's about looking away, not looking at, because they are so self-conscious. Right. And that, that they're now we're going to say that there are some boundaries things, too, because a lot of times kids get in the car and they want to turn on the music and they want to turn on the this and they're looking at their phone. So right. there's an opportunity to tell them what you're doing. Right. Like that could you could be practicing with your own kid. Yeah. And say, you know, I know we have these conversations sometimes. So I'm going to ask, we have a no phone zone in the car. And you then know. try to hear what their objections are. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's the practice. So the practice is to find that person and then try to reflect what you understand them to be saying. So not, not react, not to... react and, and not parrot. But to hear what you think they're saying and then say that. In your own words. Yes. And you can use feelings, words that describe feelings. Absolutely. 
that are not used by them. Yes. It, it, not telling them that this is how they feel. What you're basically what you're doing is confirming what you've heard. Right. Because, you know, we hear a lot of things that the other person doesn't necessarily say because we have our own experience that we bring to it. Yep. So, so have fun with this one. It's really good. You can do it in your own head, I promise you. I mean, <laughs> Not with other people in conversation in your own head, but I have conversations, you know, with myself in my head. Yeah. Practicing there would also work. I, I find it very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have fun practicing. Because at Plan P, the P stands for? Patient. Pause. And practice. 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 <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Plan P. We hope you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time. To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your friends, family, and other parents who could benefit from these discussions. Also, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify because that will help us reach more amazing parents like you. If you want to talk to us one-on-one -on -one or learn other ways in which we support families, visit our website at planp.us. You can also keep up with Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at planp is 4 We will meet you back here next week. <laughs>